Hello and welcome to Proximo's 20 Minutes with Podcast. I am Tom Nelthorpe, an editor-at-large at Proximo and its parent company, The Exile Group. I'm very glad that you're spending some time with us. And for those of you listening for the first time, Proximo is the leading source of intelligence and events for the project, energy, and infrastructure finance communities and your trusted partner in originating new opportunities. The Proximo 20 Minutes with podcast is our chance to discuss current market issues in depth with leading market figures. But for this episode, we're going to try something a bit different. In mid-June, we held our flagship event on financing energy infrastructure and the energy transition in Lisbon. To set the scene there, I spent, well, about 20 minutes discussing the InvestEU initiative with Michael Fyth, a policy officer at the European Commission responsible for governance of the InvestEU initiative. I had a chance to discuss with him the origins of InvestEU and how it might operate. This session and others from the event are available to Proximo members at ProximoInfra.com. And if you'd like to learn more, please do contact us at team at ProximoInfra.com. For now, though, I hope you enjoy the session. So we're going to introduce now our keynote interview. He's Michael Fyth. He's the policy officer responsible um, for InvestEU governance at the European Commission. When Proximo started, we had the Juncker plan. Uh, then for a few years, the EU, like all of you, had other um, priorities. Um, and now we have InvestEU, one of whose components um, is a, I think it's a 372 billion guarantee fund. Um, and that's going to be one of the big focuses um, for our opening interview. Um, so it's the second time uh, Michael's joined us. Uh, alas, the second time virtually. But thank you very much, Michael, for taking some time to speak to us. Um, what we're going to do in, a, in the sort of next 15, 20 minutes, I've got some questions for, for, for Michael, but I'd really like to hear from you if you've got anything you want to discuss. It sounds as if you have a lot of thoughts about regulatory, political, and sort of technology issues. And I think those are going to all be covered in our, in our um, short discussion. Um, but, but Michael, so first off, and hopefully you can hear me okay. Um, yes, I, I hear you very well, yeah. yeah. Good morning. Perfect. <clears throat> so give us, the, give us the, the very high level look at how InvestEU is, is, is going to work or, or is working um, and what its impacts have been so far. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So again, uh, good good morning from from Luxembourg to everybody, and apologize that I could not come in person this time. So I was there in person 2019, but today it would only worked um, by online. Yes, um, Tom already said. So um, InvestEU is a kind of the, the successor of of the Juncker plan. So it's a it's a, a financial instrument, how we call it, so we don't give grants, but we are, we are secure debt, equity and guarantees, um, which are given by, by financial partners, the so-called financial intermediaries. And uh, we give a budgetary guarantee to uh, de-risk the investments a bit, so also to attract private investments. And we try to uh, intend to mobilize 370 billion of euros for, for infrastructure projects and also for small enterprises research until the end of, um, of 2027. So the territory of implementation is the EU27, but uh, recently Iceland and Norway has, have, uh, has joined, have joined, so we would have also soon projects uh, in this country. Thanks, Michael. And and what do you what are the what are the priority areas? Like you you probably may not have been able to see our word cloud at the beginning, but but there is a huge interest in the room in energy transition assets, new technologies, yes. yeah. um, that sort of stuff. 
Is that the priority, or, are you, or is there money to go for uh, concrete, asphalt, you know, roads, what we call very traditional infrastructure? What, what's the focus? No, it's, it's more on, on this, as, as you said, uh, this, this green transition is, a, let's say, the, the, the top priority. So even more in, in these times uh, nowadays, but also not, not to forget the digital sector and which is the, uh, let's say, the, the basis of, of all is its research, development and, in, uh, and innovation. Um, I, I mean, it's, uh, this InvestEU program was set up in the, in the middle of the COVID crisis in 2020. And it was uh, to, to mitigate, um, let, let's say, the, the outfall of, of, of the uh, economic crisis. But now, I mean, yeah, let's say we, now we are, I mean, we have the war in Ukraine. We have, we are even, let's say, in a bigger crisis, if I can express it like that. So it's, we have to repower EU, that is the, uh, uh, to get independent from Russian energy and so on. So we are supporting, indeed, renewable energy. But let's say also in, in, the, in the social uh, projects, we are active. We have the Green Deal industrial plan uh, that's about more sustainable production and products, which is upcoming. And to help to uh, secure the supply chain, we have uh, European Critical Raw Materials Act, which have to uh, bring some of, of the critical raw production uh, within, uh, within Europe. So you, you see we have a we have a multi-targets, but let's say the green the transition along the entire production line. That's that's in the moment the main objective of InvestEU. Okay, thank, thanks, Michael. Let's let's look now at, at how the fund operates. And I think when I when I spoke to you in advance of the session, I very much had a framework of the old project bond credit guarantee system. The the, the you know more than anything else probably. Um, kick-started the development of a, of a sort of an institutional debt market here in the EU. Is that the model, very you know, old-fashioned, contingent financing to enhance projects, or are things a little bit more, I wouldn't say sophisticated, but, but differently, differently applied these days? Yeah, let, let's say um, we are basically um, still, I mean, still um, using a, a bit a similar model than, than the Juncker plan has, has used, only giving a, a budgetary guarantee to the implementing partners and they, they support projects by, by, um, by a debt or, or equity investment. So that's, that's the basic setup. And we thought, I mean, we are sure that it had been successful. And then let's say we, we would uh, continue on, on this avenue. I mean, these financial instruments, they are still just a very small part of the EU budget, let's say seven, eight percent, the most of the investment you, you, you mentioned classical roads in the beginning, uh, they are they are funded by regional regional funds and so on. But but we have a kind of niche with this leverage by implementing partners that we want to want to follow. So implementing partners, how how we call them, they are financial uh, partners. So the, the largest and the major one is the European investment group, so the EIB and the EIF. Uh, which gets 75% of the guarantee. So the guarantee is 26 billion euro. Um, and um, uh, the, the remaining, uh, we are using other financial partners, so are uh, from the infrastructure sector. So we have uh, uh, a deal uh, with the EBRD, uh, the Council of Europe Bank, uh, uh, for, for, for social infrastructure. 
and we have the Nordic Investment Bank, and we also uh, have uh, guarantee agreements with national promotion banks as GDP in Italy and CDC in France. Further coming. So, so, so yeah. uh, as, as I already said, so we, we, we take um, the most risky part of, of an investment and try to attract then, mm -hmm. then other investors there to uh, invest yeah. so, uh, so, together with, yeah. with the implementing partner. Yeah. So, so Michael, you've, you've, you've talked a little bit in your opening remarks about how um, the political, the policy backdrop has, has been moving quite, quite quickly in Europe, not for re really reasons to do with Europe, but to do with what's going on just outside Europe's, Europe's borders. And, and this it's a renewed focus on, particularly on energy security, which wasn't um, perhaps quite a, as near the top when the Juncker plan certainly came out. Yeah. Are, are you confident, and is, is the EU confident, that, that the tools that you have now within the InvestEU are still relevant to, to, to the sort of backdrop in which, in which you're operating? No, no, definitely. So I, I would say they are they are very relevant because uh, uh, I mean we are basically flexible in in our support. So we don't have a let's say fixed quota for certain uh, topics or so on, or even not not certain certain countries. And um, let, let's see what, what what we have achieved until now. Our support. So it's uh, we we are looking for a strong pipeline. And um, we have already supported about 100 projects and have already given a guarantee more than 11 billion euros. So this is this is up and, and coming, uh, and, and this is really right live the program and uh, yeah, relevant. Uh, I'm and, sure. Uh, and so, Michael, let's look at the, the sort of the, the, the way that InvestEU operates with private sector capital. And I think this is, this is probably a discussion you've had in, in other forums in, in, in the past. Yeah. But how do you, um, I do, I, maybe comfort's a strong word, how do you reassure the private sector that you're not doing something essentially that, that the private sector can and, and should be doing anyway? Yeah, um, how do you demonstrate yeah, I mean, that additional? I think you are, you're focusing on this, what, what we call um, additionality, and we, we should not, of course, not uh, replace a potential support um, and investment from other sources, so from the private sector or from, from other public sources. Mm -hmm. sources. So that's a kind of, um, let's say, uh, one, one of, of, of the central concepts there. So for each and every project, we are agreeing to be, be, be checking uh, if, if there's enough additionality there. Mm -hmm. So of course, it's sometimes not, not, not easy to specify what, what is additionality. Right. Let's say uh, we are, if we are operating in new technology fields, that's indicator for, 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 uh, for, for additionality. If there's a higher risk, if they have longer tenors, or if they are new financial partners. So this, this gives us, let's say, uh, and you said I'm, I'm working for this investment committee that check each and every mm -hmm. investment. So, in, and, and if there's no additionality, there's no, uh, there's no EU guarantee for projects. So they also rejected some of the projects. So have you, Michael, have you found that measuring that additionality, measuring where the private sector gaps is, is a bit of a moving target? Like, is it, is it easy? You, know, you, can, you can have these fairly rapid changes in market conditions, in, in volatility. Uh, we have a room that's just said it can do higher tenors at higher pricing. Um, that's you know, music to the ears of some debt investors, but you know, very difficult if you're trying to work out what is 
bankable, economic, sustainable. So how do you do that on a, a daily, weekly, monthly basis, work out whether you're doing, doing good on top of the private sector? <clears throat> yeah, that's, that's a bit... Uh... I mean, I, I said we do it uh, first, let's say, ex under on a case-by-case -case basis, so, so the projects, the additionality has to be described by the implementing partner by the, or by the, by the project promoter, and then, then we decide, uh, I mean, um, later on, we will have some, uh, some evaluations and looking then for additionality ex post. Um, and uh, for example, also additionality is changing a bit. I mean, five years ago, if you have supported, let's say, a wind park offshore in the North Sea, maybe there was, let's say, it was more risky than it's today. There was some additionality, but today for us, it would be not anymore. So we would go, let's say, to other fields then. Mm -hmm. So yeah, additionality is a changing thing as well. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Michael. And I, we, we have a question on Slido, and I'm going to exercise moderator's privilege and slightly yeah. reword that. I promise not to do this the rest of the day, but just for, for this question, I'm going to do that. Um, so you mentioned, I think, roughly about 100 projects that, 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 yeah. have, that have gone through the program. Um, what, um, what was the most um, common asset type or sector that, that you saw sort of going through that, that process? And do you think it will still be the most popular asset or, or sector in, in, in 2027? Yeah, I mean, we, we still have, uh, under certain conditions, we still have uh, have a lot of wind and solar energy, which is supported by our program. So we have, for example, um, uh, in, in, in Poland and the Baltics, we are now supporting some, some of the wind parks, uh, also the interconnection. Mm -hmm. So um, let's say con connect the, uh, the energy production then, then to the electricity networks. So this is still on. Um, what, what we see now is um, along the production line as well. So we recently uh, supported um, a factory that is uh, producing solar panels, you know, mm -hmm. the, let's say to put the uh, production line within uh, Europe, let's say this, there's a, a certain risk on that, I presume. Mm -hmm. and. Also in this um, further down uh, the or, or up in the production line, also mining <laughs> is now playing a role. You know this lithium anode and this thing. So we are supporting some projects in the in the Nor Nordic countries. But if I heard, uh, for example, um, uh, Portugal also have some reservoir. <laughs> On lithium, so this this will upcoming, um, and also uh, another big point is um, I already said battery technology. So France is investing massively in, into battery gigafactory. So we see this upcoming, and also hydrogen technology, green hydrogen. So we even support it or will support a green a green steel plant somewhere in the Nordics, which is used using uh, green hydrogen. Mm -hmm. So not, not unfortunately the dying steel plant, it's about five minutes from my house, no longer in the EU, unfortunately. <laughs> um, yeah. Michael, got a couple of great questions from, from the audience. We're going to try and get through those without impacting our panel. Uh, the first one follows very naturally. So um, hydrogen, solar, wind, batteries are grabbing headlines. Is there enough focus in Europe on, on grid and distribution uh, technologies, do you think? Yeah, uh, that's that's the point. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I 
I've seen some of the projects for the interconnections coming in. Yeah, that's that's the point. Um, we are a bit. Um, uh, let, let's see. We, we have some also some other instruments um, on 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 a country basis. So if there is support needed uh, in a specific country for the for the grid, so it could be also done with the with this reg regional. Money, so we are a bit um, supply driven, but we have seen these projects upcoming. And as I said, we, we want to be on the entire, mm -hmm. as on the entire chain of of production uh, becoming active. Thanks, Michael. And and the, the last one, and it's just to get a little bit more and detail. And 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 project finance in particular, when it's done um, done best, is about very careful risk allocation. Uh, and so the question we have is. Can you give us a little bit more insight into the risk allocation and the risk breakdown that typically take, takes place between you and your partners on, on projects? Yeah, uh, so we are, um, I, I mean, uh, the, uh, let's say the EIB or also the EBRD and, and so on, they, um, but when, they, when they invest in, into an infrastructure project or also in a venture capital fund, um, we typically uh, secure uh, about, let's say, so it, it, it depends a bit on their risk attribution, but let's say 30% of their investment might be in, in average. Mm -hmm. for, for some, uh, let's say, higher risk uh, investments, uh, we would uh, even secure almost their own they, the entire investment. They are not not all. I mean, five percent. They have to have them on on their own balance sheet. Not not. Uh, I mean, to have a skin in the game there. Uh, but but this, let's say, uh, in the, the standard is is um, below fifty uh, percent of the investment. But we, it's it's normally the most. However, the the most risky part of an investment, and then uh, the project promoter can then look. Um, for, I mean, it would. Attractive to uh, attract other investors than when when the most risky part is already is already taken over by um, investing you. Well, well, Michael, thank you so much for for setting the scene so wonderfully. We'll we'll let you go now. We appreciate you um, allocating some time to talk to us to go through the the bones of the program, uh, and we're very excited to see how it yeah. works, how it layers with with private sector capital. So, yeah. um, thank you, thank you so much. Um, Michael can hear you guys, so please put your hands together. For Michael. That's all from the Poximo podcast this month. Coming up, we'll have a look at ESG and infrastructure investing and the Latin American renewables finance market. But goodbye for now, and please subscribe if you'd like to hear more from us.